All right, good morning, everybody. Um, or good afternoon, or good evening. Hello, my name is Olamide. My friends call me Oli because it's easier to pronounce than Olamide. All right, I'm in Nigeria. Presently, I'm in Benin City, uh, training ministers. And my wife is with us, by the way. Um, she's Her name is Ndidi. My wife is there. Okay, she's tuning in from our home in Lagos. All right, praise God. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the water we drink, the food we eat, for shelter, and for clothing. We're so grateful. Thank you for the blood of Jesus by which we're saved. We pray that as this word comes, that it will come with understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, there's something I, I would like to share with you. Um, while reading a portion of the Bible recently, that's Luke chapter 1, the 37th verse, um, Mary's encounter with Gabriel, the angel. Um, I read a particular verse. Uh, I read from King James, usually, and I use other versions of the Bible um, to study. So I read this portion in King James, um, Luke chapter 137, and it reads, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So, of course, I read this a thousand, well, hundreds of times, and it really stuck out to me, you know, that nothing is impossible with God. So I decided to study this verse a little bit more. So I wanted to know, um, how is it rendered in other versions of the Bible? And I was so surprised that as I, as I looked at it in other versions of the Bible, I actually started getting the import of what the angel actually said to Mary. In the American Standard Version, it's rendered like this. For no word from God shall be void of power. Now, I looked into other versions of the Bible. You know, um, English Revised Version. For no word from God shall be void of power. What? Exactly the same thing. You know? And I found that um, what English Bible says, for, for nothing spoken by God is impossible. I was like, hold on. What exactly? So I went into the Greek. And I looked into the fact that there was a particular word that the King James translation didn't even translate at all. And that word was rima. R-H-E-M-A, which means spoken word or utterance. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't even translate it. They just left it out. Instead of giving us actually exactly what Gabriel was saying, they just generally said, you know, because if no word from God is void of power, that means nothing is impossible to God. So the King James translators basically gave us, you know, uh, whatever is the outcome, their own meaning. They didn't actually translate the verse. So while looking into this, I was like, wow, no word coming from God is void of power. That means when God speaks to us, there is power in that word. Okay? So, so I, found, I found that very remarkable, you know. So God has spoken to me and God speaks to you all. We receive words of wisdom. Um, we receive words of wisdom while we're praying. We receive words of prophecy from brethren. And there's certain things that the Lord has spoken to us concerning our future, you know. And, and I found that, you know, looking back at the lives of, you know, some of the, some of the people I've pastored, that some of them had actually received rima, that utterances, words from God, many, many years ago concerning certain um, aspects of their lives. And years gone by, nothing has changed. And then I begin to wonder, okay, I used to wonder, okay, a, a word of wisdom, a word of prophecy came and said something like, hey, everything is sorted. Ten years on, nothing is sorted. I will begin to wonder, what is wrong? And I discovered in this passage that when God speaks, 
when 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 the rima comes it is not necessarily a prediction it is a word given to you for you to believe so that the power in that word could be released for accomplishment you understand what i'm saying you understand what i'm saying you know so the word has come let me give you a, a prime example she was in her 20s right is it a good example all right let me just try and illustrate um she's in church and she's praying and she's she's been praying about marriage she's desirous of getting married and while in church there is a move of god in the church and a word of wisdom comes and the pastor calls her and says the lord said i should tell you he has given you your husband so she's like oh great that's a prediction right one year goes by two years go by three years go by she's not married she hasn't even got into any relationship what's going on but god you said you have given me my husband what's going on she moves location she gets to you know start attending another church there's an event in the church somebody comes up to her again and says the lord said i should tell you that he has given you a husband so this is twice in the past seven years she's gotten the same word of wisdom and it's like but god i don't understand okay let me be more let me be what they call patient let me just sit around cross my legs and i've been waiting for god to now do what he said he would do then she's 46 years old she's been desirous of getting married since she was 23 24 now she's 46 what happened a word was given to her what she was meant to do is believe believe the word agree with the word because the power for the fulfillment of that word is in that word but she didn't know because it's not something that is really taught it's not really taught we think that every word that is released as a prophetic word is a prediction we don't understand the fact that it is a tool it is a key that god has given to you i remember many years ago when i first left home when i got to my first apartment i heard in my spirit i'm taking you to a new place i started praying for a new place but something was it wasn't no results so it just dawned on me this fast wait hold on God said he's taking me to a new place. So let me just take the word that he gave me, that word from God, and let me just use it. Let me use it. And I started using it. And through a series of miracles, I moved into actually a better place on all levels. And this this is this uh, recently um uh, uh, one of my partners called me to tell me ministry mission partners called me tell me that it's getting very bad for him financially. It's really 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 bad. And I asked him a question. Did God give you a word concerning your finances? He said, "Yes, yes, yes. God did many years ago when he first went into ministry. There's something that God told him." I said, "Then are you believing it? Are you standing on it?" The young man cried. He was like, "Wow. I totally missed it." I said, "Yes, God actually gave you a tool. He gave you the key, right? For fulfillment in your finances, but you didn't ever understand the fact that it wasn't just God just talking or predicting. It was God, God actually giving you an instrument to use, right, to release His power in your finances. Okay, Amen. Now I, I want to continue sharing from here. Let me just quickly. In the Bible, we see we we start the story of Abraham, who later called Abraham. Let's call him Abraham in Genesis 11. Now in Genesis 12, we see that Abraham is 75 years old, and God has blessed him, you know, and told him many things. In Genesis 15, we see Abraham telling God that he doesn't have an heir from his own you know his own loins that it's Elias of Damascus a slave born in his house that will be the heir of everything and God told him no 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 somebody from your own loins will be your heir 
That's Genesis 15. In Genesis 16, the first verse, we see Sarah saying, I'm paraphrasing. Well, God has already told you that somebody from your own loins will become your heir. So, oh yeah, take my, my maid and, you know, let her produce babies for you. Which was actually, it was okay in those days. It was traditional custom. Seeing that Jacob, I mean, the patriarchs of Israel came from four women. You understand what I'm saying? So it was, you know, it was custom in those days. And I'm surprised that Abraham had not even done it. I mean, his wife was in her late 70s, right? He was in his, probably then he was in his 80s. So, so um, we see Hagar having Ishmael. Then we get to, remember, God never said, he said from your loins. Sarah was not mentioned though. But in Genesis chapter 17, we see the Lord saying, with the, with the, with the, with the, with the covenant of circumcision and the change of name for Abraham, Abraham, we see God saying that Sarah is going to have a baby. And we see Abraham laughing and said, let Ishmael live before you. But a word had come from God that Sarah would have a baby. Let's even take it further. So the theophany, the Lord comes to earth with two angels to come and um, inspect Sodom and Gomorrah. And they're passing it. You know the story now. They're in Abraham's house and they're eating. And the Lord now says that this time next year, I'm going to visit Sarah, which is just idiomatic for, she's going to have a baby next year. Sarah hears and she laughs. And the Lord said, you're laughing. She said, you know the story. Now, 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 this time next year is 12 months, 12 months, okay? From conception to delivery, right, of a baby is nine months. So let's do some calculations. 12 minus nine is three. So after they received the word, after his name was changed to a father, you are not, not exalted father, but now a father of many nations. After the Lord gave him that word about, you know, Sarah having a baby, the Bible tells us in the book of Romans, I believe the fourth chapter, that his body, that Sarah's womb was dead. I mean, this was a woman who was barren, and even after menopause, I mean, she, she had passed menopause 50 years earlier, you know? But there's something that Abraham and Sarah did within three months, three months, three months, 90 days, that caused, that generated such power, such power of God, that brought her womb to life and brought Abraham too to life because Abraham's, Abraham was 100 years old. He was 99, you understand? And um, he was basically, I don't know how you pronounce it, is it impotent or impotent, you know? But there's something they did within three months. They received a word from God and within those three months, they stood on that word. Abraham built an altar on what God had said to him. And he kept on confessing it, praising God. In fact, the Bible says he became strong in faith, yeah, by giving glory to God. What does that mean? Psalm 50, verse 23. The Bible says, whoever offers sacrifices or praise or thanksgiving glorifies me, saith the Lord. So can you imagine? Look at this. Hebrews 11, 11. For through faith, Sarah received dunamis, received strength to conceive because she judged him faithful that had promised. Can, can you see that? So, so, so faith is not power, but we know that it is the channel through which the power of God flows. And how do we operate in this faith? You see, you can believe a promise in the Bible and hold on to it, but that's not what I'm, that's what I'm focusing on here. I'm focusing on the spoken word, the word from God. Brothers and sisters, have you received the word from God? That's the question I'm asking. Have you? Because if you have, the word is an instrument. 
it's meant to be used. I've seen situations where personally I have prayed about a matter and I've heard in my heart, I have blessed you. I'm like, that's too simple. Why don't you get, get into more detail concerning this issue? But I just heard, I have blessed you. So you know what I've done? I've just stopped making requests concerning the issue and embrace that word. And Father, I thank you because concerning this matter, you say you have blessed me. I thank you because I'm blessed and I've seen change. I've seen results. Okay? Now what I'm saying may sound very, very simple, but this is profound. God speaks to our hearts and some of the things that he says are actually instruments. Right? I've seen people, I, I repeat, like when I was praying for an apartment, and the answer to my prayer was not actually the apartment. The answer to my prayer was, I'm moving you to a new place. That was, answer, that, that was the answer to my prayer. Because I've come to see that, what, you know, the word rima, that's utterance or spoken word, in uh, the Hebrew, the word is daba, D-A-B-A-R. And I see a play on the word daba. It means utterance or spoken word. It also means thing, that is T-H-I-N-G. So I come to the place where I see that. If God is going to give you something, he gives you a word. If God gives you a word, he has given you a thing. Let me repeat that again. When God has spoken a word, when he's given you a word, he has given you something. Now, you're like, okay, I've been praying for my kids, you know, for my kids' salvation, and God gives you a word about their salvation. You understand? Right? I am saving them. You're like, no, 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 Lord, 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 save my kids, save my kids. I am saving. You keep on hearing, I'm saving them. But excuse me. God just gave you an instrument. You're meant to take that word, I'm saving them. I agree with it, believe it. Then you'll see your kids saved. Father, I thank you because you said you're saving my kids. I just want to give you praise. I want to just thank you. That's what you do. You declare it. Use it in fasting, whatever. In Psalm 107, verse 20, the Bible says this. And he sent his word. For what purpose? Scripture says, and he healed them and delivered them from their pitfalls or their destructions. So we want to be saved from pitfalls. We want to be healed, restored to certain things. Then the word that he has sent is the instrument. That's the instrument. We see it in different parts of the Bible. Jeremiah 1 verse 12. I, I watch over. Can you imagine? That's what he does. I watch over my word to perform it. You know, I'm not, I'm not just saying that it is just the word that God speaks in our hearts and God gives us in prophecy. Also the promises in the Bible, because there's, a, there's an interesting, you know, um, statement I like to make. And it's this, the promise of God is the work that God does. So if I want to see God work, the first thing I need to do as a child is know his promise. Okay? I need to research and study the scripture. Where did God promise me this thing? Because once I know the promise, then I know the work that God will do when I believe. Amen? Okay? So, so this, this what I'm bringing to you is because God has been speaking to our hearts. He's been telling us, giving us promises in our hearts. He's given us prophecies in our hearts. I remember many years ago, also, I used to get this <laughs> very funny. I used to get this word. Um, I have called you into a global ministry. I have given you a global ministry or something. 
So I used to think that global ministry had something to do with having a deep revelation of God's word, you know, having some mighty anointing. So I kept on here. I would hear the word several times in a month in prayer. And I thought it was a prediction. Until I came across a book by Don Gossett, who talked about having to come into agreement with the word. He didn't even say it like this. And I discovered that, ooh, I'm going to have to, be, before I got this revelation, I'm going to have to agree with the word that God has spoken over my life. Because that word he has said is an instrument. Okay? Because what does the Bible say? No word from God is void of power. Once he speaks, you agree with it, the powerful for them is released. If he speaks over you and you don't agree with it, everybody would just be saying, waiting for something to happen and nothing will happen. You understand? So I started speaking that word over my life. Father, I thank you because you give me a global ministry. I give my devotion, I praise him. Then doors started opening in the in the most remarkable kind of way in different countries to preach the gospel. Okay? Now, we, my wife and I, she's here, we've had this experience, we've learned, and we're still learning this principle that we shouldn't take words that are spoken over us as predictions. We must take them as instruments to hold on to to stand upon, to embrace, to use, to declare, to pray, to praise on, then we will see the results. Okay? Because all those words I just used just now, that standing on, embracing, this and that, it just it just just means believing. Okay, that's that's all I'm believing what God has said. I'm coming into agreement with what God has said. So did it take 25 years for Isaac to be born? From my studying, I, 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 nah, not from the time God promised. From the time God promised Isaac, it was one year. Abraham was 99. Isaac was born at when Abraham was 100. When God mentioned Sarah, that Sarah would have a baby, it was one year. What did they do? They agreed with God. Let me just end by saying these things. Abraham and Sarah had grown in their relationship with the Lord. We don't know exactly how old Abraham was when God called him in the era of the Chaldeans. We don't know. We don't know his age. We just know that when God called him, he traveled about 800 miles. And it's when he got to Haran, his father died. Then we begin to get into the story when he gets 75. Okay? So we find that from that, he's 99. He knows God now. He knows God a lot better now. He knows God's voice now. You understand what I'm saying? So when God tells him about the circumcision, when God told, tells him about, look at this, when God changed his name from Abraham to Abraham, if you look at the text, he was never again called Abraham. The minute God changed his name, his name changed. And it's something that we have to get into. The minute God speaks over, speaks over us, we must with alacrity speak the same things over our lives. It's in the Bible. The Bible says God calls those things that be not as though they were. You've got to do it. You've got to come into agreement with God. Okay? It's, 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 it's important. So we know that Abraham um, knew God. They had grown in their relationship with God. So when God spoke to them and told them they're going to have Isaac, they laughed. They just chuckled. It's not God now. Forget this thing. You know, but, but we know it was God speaking to us. It, it was God speaking. You understand? Do you understand my point here? They knew it was God that was talking. So here it is. God has been speaking to you, brethren. Right? You know, I don't know how many people are on right now. 
but Val, um, Sister Val, Sister Pat, the Lord has been speaking to you. He's been speaking to your hearts and he's been telling you things. You need to come into agreement concerning these things and you'll see it happen. No matter how the economy is, no matter how it is anywhere, right? God will do what he said he would do. Because, I mean, he is the one with all the glory and the power. I end, I said I'm going to end with something, but I want to give you a thought about Abraham. And quickly, Romans chapter 4, we just opened there, and we end in Romans 4 verse 17. Romans 4 verse 17. We just end, we'll just end there. Okay? Romans 4 17. And I'm reading from the King James translation. This will take a bit of time, but uh, just give me like two, three minutes. The Bible says in Romans 4 17, it says, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Now, this is what I want to bring out here. I want to bring it out from the margin, okay? In the King James, where it says, before him whom he believed, the thought we have is that um, Abraham was before God. He was before God, maybe in prayer. He was before God, maybe in submission. But reading the margin, I discovered, that's the margin notes, all right? I discovered that that word before him is actually like unto him. Okay? I don't think you, I don't think you can see it. That's, you know, we can't see it. Like unto him. Now, why I'm, why I'm mentioning this is this. If you put like unto him into the text, the meaning becomes this. Like unto him, he believed, even God. So what does that mean? It means that the belief or the faith that Abraham demonstrated was like God's own faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, Abraham believed like unto God. Who does what? Who quickeneth the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. So Abraham copied God. You call me a father of many nations? I call myself a father of many nations. What happens? When I agree with you, the power in that word is released for fulfillment. Are you, are you seeing this? Like unto God, Abraham believed. What does God do? He quickeneth the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. So I want to emphasize here that, see here, no matter how dead the situation may be, right? If you have received a word from God, agree with the word from God. And God will bring that situation back to life. I see a question being asked by God to the prophet Ezekiel. In the valley of dry bones, where God asks him, can these bones, can they live again? Ezekiel was quite a smart guy. And his answer was, thou knowest, O Lord, you're the one who knows, I don't know. Are you listening to this? Can these situations come back to life? Can this restoration take place? Can the Lord do this? <laughs> it's the Lord that knows. Give us the word, Lord. We'll just agree. And then you bring it back to life. It's his work. You understand what I'm saying? It's his work. It's his power. 
faith and power are not the same thing. The Bible says we are protected or guarded by the power of God through faith. Faith is a channel. It's not power. So I don't need to have any power. All I need to do is to agree with God and he does his work. Amen? So I want to encourage everybody. We are charismatics. We hear God. Personal prophecy is given to us. Don't joke with it. Those words from God and those personal prophecies are the answers to your prayers. You see, that's why God will just, once the word is given, God will just fold his hands. And you'll be like, ah, why is God not moving? God has just already answered your prayer. Why? Because he's given you a word already. You have to use it. It's an instrument. Amen? It's an instrument. Don't play with words of wisdom that come. All right? You will stagnate and be praying prayers and fasting when God has already answered the prayer. How? He's giving you a rima. He's giving you a dabur. He's giving you a word from him. It's an instrument. Take it. Okay? The prophecies that have come over you, you must take heed over them. But by these prophecies, you will war a good warfare. Amen? Amen? God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Rami, for giving me this privilege to share. God bless you all. God bless you all. Please take the words of prophecy over your life seriously. That's the key. It's the key to your prosperity. It's the key to that move that you want. He's already spoken. Take the word and use it in prayer. Use it in declaration. Confess it. Dance with it. Celebrate with it. Rejoice with it. And the power in the word will be released. And there will be fulfillment. Praise God.